0: Do you think you should tell the listener that this this is one of those rare occasions when you do the running order, not me, and you got it to me about 20 (laughs) seconds ago? (laughs) Um, I'm I'm not saying you're completely useless.
1: 20 seconds before the deadline is still 20 seconds before the deadline,
0: in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, but it wasn't like at the It wasn't actually the deadline. It wasn't actually, like, in time to read it all.
1: (laughs) No, well, you don't... Do it any better when you read it. So. Oh, stop it! Actually, that might come as a sheer surprise to them that
0: we have a running order. It probably will. (laughs) You've got to be organised to be this rubbish.
1: Welcome to episode 53 of the Mid-Faith Crisis Podcast, my name is Nick Page, I am joined
0: as ever by Joe Davis. How are you doing, Joe? I'm very well indeed, thank you. Yeah, marvellous. But how are you, Mr. I've had an operation?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm alright, I had an eye operation, which is a surreal experience, Mm. because it's a local anaesthetic, Mm. so, you know, that's a kind of weird thing. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's 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 nice to. I, I would say it's nice to see you clearly again, but it's a mixed <laughs> blessing. I'll be honest. Come back. <laughs> and, how's, and dare I ask, mm. how's the book oh. going? Ah, oh. why would anyone be a writer? It's an absolute well, nightmare. Know. Now it's it's a bit stressful at the moment. I kind of um, I want to. I'm trying to finish it why uh, it's a difficult book to write but anyway I want to finish it and I'm waking up at 5.30 and writing and then Ooh. you know going to work and writing oh, it's Don't just you? a nightmare so every waking moment is spent writing about things like the Canaanite genocide and all the difficult oh, things of the that's, bible and that's how we make bit. sense of them and yeah. what what they're about yeah. I think the book could get me thrown out of the EA if I do it if it, if it works <laughs> do properly if properly yeah mm. <laughs>
0: You know, once you've been thrown out the EA, come on. Nah, I
1: know. Well, it, the thing is, oh, I'm so busy. And the irony is, we've got a I've got a day's workshop on work life balance and stress on Thursday. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just
0: causing me complete stress trying to fit it in. <laughs> but that's great because you can say to people, look, this is what comes of you when you this don't get it. This is what it, it right. looks
1: like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, other than that, I'm okay. How are you? Good.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm alright Because you had
1: an incredibly busy... It, it, it,
0: it was a silly time back But life is settling down And uh, we're back into our good ways Of going to the cinema Oh, but the Splendid. cinema's gone out It's £3.50 Now, that's robbery, isn't it? Three £3.50 nice. 50. It's great Do you day. know
1: how much I have to
0: pay To go to the cinema in Oxford? Well, more than £3.50 about three times that Well move to Worthing We've had this conversation many no, times It's not worth the, we that We can price. start a deeply heretical church together It'd be wonderful Yeah well Anyway, anyway Well good Moving well, on so Oh what by the seen?
1: way what, 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 what
0: have you seen You just say like, yeah, go yeah, to the yeah, cinema yeah, What have yeah, you seen Yeah yeah so yeah Star is Born And I'm probably one the of Lady the... Gaga Exactly the Lady Gaga And uh, Bradley Cooper Very well very good I didn't know the story Because I didn't, didn't go to the Barbra Streisand version Because I'm too young. You probably went when you were 30. I remember
1: watching the James Mason version on the telly. That's the first version that was done years ago.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, so what a good film. Crazy good good soundtrack. (laughs) Mm. Um, Makes you cry a bit.
1: Doesn't it? Possibly. Most things make you cry, though, in the
0: cinema, don't they? Do you know what is silly? It's that old thing. any, Any act of kindness sets me off. I don't know what it is, but any act of kindness. So right near the beginning of the film, and this isn't a spoiler because this is all in the trailer, you know, he just allows this nobody singer to just come on stage in his gig and perform brilliantly, which he does. And it's just uh, it's just quite a moving scene. Yeah. Oh, OK. Mm.
1: Good. Well, hope to see that
0: one day in my life.
1: Oh, uh, can I say something, though, before we get on? Which yes. Because uh, sort of, we often leave this kind of thing to the end. Yes. But I think I'm trying to be more marketing driven, I believe. Is the oh,
0: great.
1: Good. Yeah, that's me. Come on then. And uh, I-, I just wanted to thank everybody for listening. And I just wondered if uh, you could do us a favour by uh, recommending the podcast to people. I because like- uh, we would love to break the 25 listener threshold. We're we're pushing towards it aren't we well i think we're thinking big here okay. and uh no it'd be, it'd be great so if you do enjoy the podcast subscribe on itunes uh if you could recommend it if you could uh like it and do all those starry bits and the various things but especially if it just spread the word about it it'd be really good we do get quite a lot of emails in from people who've said oh so and so told me to listen to your podcast and yes um, i mean obviously do. if you want to if you you know you have to be prepared to lose friendships forever if you recommend us but you know yeah. it could be a good way of clearing out that those <laughs> kinds of relationships
0: wouldn't? it certainly could be a good way so yeah please do that'd be great so recommend it to one other person yeah.
1: and and do you want to talk about your day still how's your day going oh,
0: i would like to talk about my day yes well here we go speaking of marketing and our sheer mm. excellence in that. Matter, <laughs> so i i said you know casually oh look come along on november the 10th but of course there's no incentive for people to do it is there so i've thought of something cunning so if you buy a ticket through Mm -hmm. eventbrite by the way have you put the link on our website yes have you nick no You haven't. You said you would do that. Put the link on our website. Put it on our Facebook. Why do I
1: have to do all your heavy
0: lifting? Look, you do that. You know that. So, anyway, friends, you can find the link on our website, midfaithcrisis.org, or on our Facebook page. Uh, So this is an incredible day with... Uh, the lovely Dr. Alexander Shire. It will be terrific. Um, I don't want to say any more, but other than the tickets cost £25, £25 to see world-renowned international speaker, Dr. Alexander Shire, if you order through that. If you wait until the day, though, the ticket price does go up to (laughs) £3,750. (laughs) <laughs> so I want to encourage you to pre order the tickets. Mm, if that would help one. us know. Yeah. 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 I think that's Great. a reasonable benchmark price. Still worth it, it's three thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds to be honest, but there Well you yes,
1: go. yes. Twenty five pounds. So or you could go to the Worthing Cinema and see seven films
0: for that. Yeah, well that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that there's is true. On a Monday, only on, a, on Monday. a Monday, you'd have to go.
1: You'd have to go to Worthing on a Monday. That is, that's a heavy price to pay. I'll be mm, honest.
0: Worth it completely.
1: Yeah. Anyway, right. right let's let's go. Okay. Let's so, go. Okay. Give uh, me feedback. Give okay, it to me now. Here we go.
0: Let's let's just do a few. Uh, so there's one from Sam who says, uh, "Dear Joe and Nick, I'm a newcomer, having just discovered your podcast at the end of August. Now, having just completed your back catalogue, I feel I've earned my stripes and can write in. Let me start by Gosh. saying." Yeah, I know. And let me start by saying happy second birthday. I'm very grateful that you've chosen to cast your pod on such serious subjects while not taking yourselves or each other too seriously. It's a perfect antidote to the regrettably common approach of we're so busy trying to prove to, to everyone that we're right that we forgot the part about being kind or having fun. Anyway, thank you, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so we, this... we t-
1: To be fair, we tend to focus almost exclusively on the having fun <laughs> yeah, bit and so. ignore that being right at all. You know? yes.
0: I think I was right about something once. Uh, yeah. But Rachel disputes that. Anyway, (laughs) he says this, though. Do you have public liability insurance? Sorry to be so blunt, but I was listening to episode 48 on my journey to work and was particularly taken with Ethel Saddleperson's potted history. In fact, I laughed so hard that I was crying and nearly crashed a car and not for the first time. Further, during multiple other episodes, I felt my heart rate increase dramatically. And on one occasion, I came over all hot and a bit faint as you addressed particularly controversial topics. At one point, I thought I might need medical attention. It may just be a coincidence, though it's hard to say, but my symptoms had improved by the time I left the gym. Anyway, just something for you to consider. And he goes on to say a a bit about his journey and how helpful Rob Bell has been, especially the podcast with Pete Rollins, which we have recommended before on how we think about God, how we talk about God, Uh, Paul Tillich's stuff, ground of being very, very helpful. Uh, And then he says, however, much of my journey continues to mostly be in isolation. I've tried to gather others to journey with, but with limited success. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on what to do when the people around you are not on the same page or even planet, but you don't want to find a whole new community. And then he says, I'm a nine and a hopeless at initiating things involving others, a nine being a reference to the Enneagram. We'll come on to that later. Do you want the PS? Shall I read yeah, the PS? Yeah, go, oh, well, go on. Yes. Well, there's yeah, a PS that says I've just finished Nick's Dark Night of the Shed. I found it an excellent read and I'll be trying to follow his example. However, I believe that this is unattainable as the skips around Oxford are clearly posher than the ones near me. Ah,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. To explain that, because in the Dark Night of the Shed, I do talk about the joy of getting stuff out of skips and rebuilding a shed, which is rather lovely. That's where I got my double glazing from. Yeah. Um oh and the biography he was talking about. We perhaps I should put that on the website instead of the advert for your um uh event. No But uh you that is uh, Ethel's response uh, Ethel's response to the question, Who is Ethel's sad old person? Um She has written an autobiography, uh, Surprised by Ethel, the story of a heavenly woman, but um I don't think that's widely available. <laughs> so uh, anyway. Uh well anyway, thank you for your kind words. That's very kind of you, Sam. I'm glad you're Enjoying it. Please don't crash the car. That would
0: be good. Please don't, (laughs) because we haven't got public liability. And Ali says, uh, Ali's written in, she says, Hi, I've just discovered your podcast and listened to the first episode. You described exactly how I feel. I've been struggling with this for some time almost two years and stepped away. Uh, from most serving and leading as I felt as being hypocritical being single in a church full of couples is also quite lonely as I don't have anyone to Mm. really share with this Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more from you both and I'm hopeful that it will be helpful (laughs) well oh dear I'd
1: (laughs) I'd stop at number one exactly if I was honest (laughs) yeah I would I mean actually if you're going to go through frankly it's going to be two years before you hear this yeah. So that's fine. Should so, be uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, should be. You'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, thank you for anyway, getting in touch. That's yeah.
0: Lovely. OK. And now we've had one from someone anonymous, but we can actually guess their identity. So here it goes. Nick and Joe. I've oh. never met you guys, but my dad has. John Roberts holds you guys in very high regards, but you guys know him. His judgment has always been suspect. I just wanted you guys to know that we listened to the latest episode of your podcast on our way to Seattle and thoroughly enjoyed it. You guys mentioned how being a grandparent helps you better understand the love of God. I just thought you should know, during this portion, my dad cried like a little baby as ah. he has just become a grandparent, which is sweet. But the ease of which he cries is a bit of a running joke with our family. <laughs> I hope you read this and poke fun at him on your podcast. It would make his day. And if you're lucky, he might cry. Uh. <laughs>
1: We love John. Anyway, he, uh, he, uh, yeah, but um, uh, having talked about you crying earlier, I don't think we're in any position. We're in no no position to laugh at
0: John Crybaby Roberts. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not. (laughs) Old tear duct, as he's known. (laughs) He is in the Um, shade. But I have to say, I have seen the pictures on Facebook. Very cute. Congratulations, everybody. Congratulations, one and all. And John, I'm sure you'll be a brilliant grandparent.
1: Yeah, feel free, everyone, to, uh, you know, just send in your family announcements to the show as well. Yeah, yeah, that's we'll, great. <laughs> you know, I'm sure Joe will come and do christenings. And I whatever. will. Yeah, I will. He's, yeah, he's I available. Have, and I have
0: cheap. no shame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, OK, so uh, now to the meat of the conversation to Sarah. And mm. she says this, Dear Joe, and I like this, in brackets and Nick question mark. Like, well, Like like I don't exist. Yeah, really. Yeah. Okay. So, dear Joe, really, she says, "I've been listening to your podcast for half a year now since someone from church recommended it to me as a conversation between two very funny friends who also happen to be Christian." Hmm. I'm 23 and I feel like I've been in a mid-faith crisis for the majority of my Christian life, but mostly so in the past four years. It's been quite a painful process and oftentimes very lonely, always feeling caught between camps and never really ready to settle in one or the other. Feeling just as you described once, being labelled as a liberal by reformed church-going friends and as a religious conservative by others, not feeling fully accepted by either group. And then she goes on to say, uh, you know, describe some of the tension she has amidst the tense discussions I've had with Christians around me. One of the things that has struck me the most is how one's personality influences their theological inclinations and how people can come to a radically different conclusions in their pursuit of truth. Based on this, I'm an INFP, although I remember that you guys might be sceptical of Myers-Briggs. And apparently my mind is wired to be a bit of a mess or rather open to new ideas and therefore embracing of many different perspectives. On the other hand, I have friends who are rather averse to this fluffy way of thinking and consider themselves much more pragmatic, convinced that there is always a single best answer. And I see their point of view as well. This appears to influence the way we read the Bible, the way we live out our faith and our attitudes towards other people who think differently to us. So I do have a few questions which I will limit to this subject. What place does human personality have in the Christian faith and can we come to a truer understanding of God through the lens of individual psychology? How can we relate to people who may be wired to think differently from us, but believe in the same fundamental aspects of our religion, even when it doesn't feel like the same religion? Or on another note, should we take into account that David or Isaiah or Paul had their own personalities when we read the Bible? And does this influence the way their message comes across? Does it matter? So there Mm, we go. Really good questions. Very good questions.
1: Well, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Um, And funnily enough... I have have a letter here from another correspondent. Uh, It's from, uh, I think it's from Ethel, in fact. And she says this. uh, Dear Reverend and Mrs. Davis, I'm sorry that I haven't been in touch for a while. I would congratulate you on reaching your second anniversary, but two years of heresy and lewdness is nothing to be proud about. Anyway, the reason I have not condemned you as regularly as I should is that I've been busy here at the Stone the Heathen Tabernacle of Grace. As you know, I'm part of the Leadership Elect, where I have the Ministry of Head of Anointment. I've no idea what that is. As a a church, we've been busy doing some strategic team-building exercises and Brother Bernard brought in an expert to do something called a Myers-Briggs personality type test. Sometimes I wonder about Brother Bernard's soundness. I fear he may have liberal proclivities. I hope he gets better. Anyway, uh, this so-called expert did the Myers-Briggs test, but when I asked him what my personality type was, he said it was a WTF, and then he ran out of the building. <laughs> I know that you're into this new-age pagan nonsense, so perhaps you can elucidate me on what that means. Yours gently, but with firm condemnation, Ethel Saddleperson. So, uh, curious, isn't it? There we are. The very... The, it's... A, Funny how often she sort of manages to she she does talk about the very issue that we wanted to exactly. discuss out of Sarah's letter. Exactly. So, um, personality and its role in in our faith, um, you know, and uh, our understanding of of God. Um, I mean, I don't know how how you uh, feel about this. Have you done Myers Briggs?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did a long time ago. Can you remember what you were? Uh, I remember I was EN. And then I'm a bit. There's, a, there's a, a shock. It? Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're an extrovert. Who'd have thought? Yeah, who <laughs> oh, knew? it's so perceptive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's ENFP or something like that. I don't know. Oh, OK. Uh,
1: yeah, well, I always thought of the letter F when I think of you for some reason. Yes. Um, I don't know what. You um, and many others. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an F, U. I'm not sure. Anyway, Um. <laughs> I looked mine up. Uh I'm an ENTP and I don't really know what I mean. A T P I mean I'm a T-P, yeah. I'm a, of, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tent.
0: You
1: are you do. Um So I mean I am border I'm very borderline extrovert, apparently. I could have gone either way. Could you? story of my life. Yeah in well. so many ways. <laughs> Stop setting these up, I can't. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the thing is um what do you think about these personality tests i mean because you're you're a big fan of the enneagram aren't you really that's what you
0: do like the enneagram well i i love them and i hate them almost in um similar proportions i love them as tools for self-understanding i think they are at their worst when they're used to categorize other people yeah yeah so i think you know when when people get overzealous with whatever person, whether it's the Enneagram or Myers Briggs or or anything else, and start going, "Oh, we well, you see you're this and you're that and you're this," and this is what you know, I I tend to get a little bit defensive because I'm not a very mature person, and use those other initials <laughs> as, as other letters. <laughs> but, well, but, I think I, yeah.
1: I I think I agree with that. Really, I remember the first time I encountered it. I probably told this story on the podcast. Yeah. Was I it was there uh, as I was on the spiritual formation course we both done and um I was uh, a, there was a group talking about this this thing and they were talking mm. about it, and they were saying oh I'm a 4 what are you I'm a, yeah. I'm, a I'm a 3 I'm a 6 mm. anyway and I and I they I said what are you talking about they said oh it's uh, personality types and I said oh I don't really believe in that sort of thing and the, as one they just pointed at me and said 4 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because well, in the Enneagram, the fours are the kind of, oh, look at me, I'm an individual. I'm yeah. not a number. I'm a... Anyway, so I was a bit suspicious of it. But then I read the um, yeah. Richard Raw book yeah. on the Enneagram. And frankly, the description was so horrible, absolutely <laughs> who I am <laughs> I know, yeah. that I sort of took it a bit more seriously. And I've actually yeah. found it quite helpful. I think it's really yeah. helpful to understand. I mean, one of the first things to, to, uh, for, towards spiritual formation is to understand yourself, I think. And how you operate, yes. And so I think it's it's very helpful from that point of view.
0: Yes, um, yeah. I mean, it, I like you. I mean, I am so classically a seven. When you read it, it's you know I'm a seven. Yes. I think I think uh, Rob Bell made the joke. He's a seven with a seven wing. Which <laughs> but, you know, that, it's a niche joke. That's pretty much it. You are so, you're so classically typical. I think if you're a seven, you're so classically typical that and you just read this stuff i remember the first book i read and, and i'm going no no and then rachel's reading it going that's you <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's helpful to
1: say what a seven is uh, here
0: so a uh, seven is a uh, what do they call it the uh, not the adventurer in some things uh, and the enthusiast, enthusiast in other yeah. ones and so you know we are terribly excited passionate um, often quite extroverted, but n- not necessarily exclusively extroverted. But we really get enthusiastic about things. We don't tend to think things through very much. We tend to just launch in with things with full enthusiasm and then mm. sort out yeah. the mess afterwards. We're not yes. known. F- we're not renowned for being complete finishers and we're not necessarily renowned for <laughs> thinking things through very well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it's hard to see how anyone could identify that with you. I'll be honest. <laughs> it is. It's very I'm unfair. Not, I'm not sure where we got to, that. but no, I mean I, I'm with you. I think they've got they're very good tools for understanding, but they can become traps if we're not careful. But I think on the border point that, that um, Sarah was making, yeah, I've always thought that denominations and even to a certain extent, sort of beliefs are as much about personality as they are about yeah. anything else. You know, that actually people get together because they like to operate in certain ways. They like certain yeah. ways of doing things. And then what they tend to do is you turn your personal preference or style into the right way of doing it. Yeah. what well, God, how God does things. This is how. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> and I think this is absolutely true of things like worship and prayer. You know, yeah. that personality is, is massively involved in that um, because because, I mean, prayer is all about personality isn't it it's all about uh, you yeah. and god so isn't it?
0: much so for example the classic thing you know the the small group prayer time
1: oh yeah uh, which, Okay. Brilliant. you know
0: so here we go so you know everyone's going around sharing so i mean I, I'm, I'm assuming small groups don't operate like this i'm harking back to the 80s but you know they every, still operate like everyone goes around sharing their thing and then it's time for everyone to go around and speak out prayers, praying for everyone. You better make sure you've remembered everything
1: yes, that everyone yes.
0: said. And, of course, the extroverts are perfectly comfortable yes, yes. praying in the group. And they, you know, we quite like the sound of our own voices. So it's no problem for us to pray. And the introverts are dreading it. Yes. They just hate it. And it's like, well, if you don't pray like an extrovert, then you're not praying. You That's know, it. it yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and then it, I think as part of the mid-faith crisis, what happens is... You find out there are ways of worship and, and, and patterns of belief and traditions of prayer that actually really suit you,
0: Yeah, that, that yeah.
1: really, um, you know, that that match up. Yeah. So if you're an introvert, yeah. solitude and silence suddenly become, oh, yeah.
0: ha-
1: nobody told me this was available. Yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, I'm, which is not to say actually that solitude and silence aren't good things for extroverts as well, but, you know, it's... No. It, it, i think that's the other thing and then of course you can easily swing the other way which is to say now i have found yeah. this this is the true way of doing yeah. it and all those others are yeah are wrong so i mean i think you know uh, sometimes you on 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 sort of particular spiritual formation sort of times yeah. or courses or whatever the extroverts feel a little bit kind of yeah left out because everything is yeah. is is quiet and and you know, absolutely um, small, and 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 full of liturgy and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Well,
0: I'm I'm a great believer that extroverts and introverts alike do need silence and solitude, but absolutely, we do do yeah. it in different ways. So, for example, someone important in my life who will remain nameless <laughs> is perfectly comfortable sitting still, alone yes. for yes. extended periods of time in prayer. Right. And like my solitude would be more taking a walk on the beach and walking, you know, with yes. presence and alive to the moment. Yes. And, you know, not distracted by the phone and not, you know, so so and that's valid. It's okay. You don't all have to sit still, you don't all have to go to a walk. You do you just gotta find out what works for you. And I was interested that you said about that you were Convinced denominations are as much to do with person. I'd certainly thought that churches tend to be shaped so strongly by the personality of the leader um, that it can be very difficult for people who don't have that personality. Of course, the plus is we, like you say, we are drawn to people who are like us and who think the way we do and behave the way we do and everything. But perhaps on well, I
1: suspect it's more recent, sort of, some of those smaller Mm. ones which are set up by sort of one person and then everything happens in there their their pattern but i think i, I mean I think what, you mean like the, a
0: cult? cult in worthing for example yeah
1: like a yes like a cult in uh, <laughs> an animal <laughs> sacrificing cult in worthing that kind of thing i mean one of the problems i think we've got is that often you get introverts applying you know they become ministers and they become ministers in extrovert churches yeah and therefore the whole nature yeah, of the church sure. i think this is one <laughs> of the things about the anglican church is that really i meet a lot of anglican uh, vicars who are essentially introverted yeah. But they're having to do all this extrovert stuff because of the the particular stream they're in. I mean, I don't know what the Baptist denomination is like.
0: I think we're like a cuddly kind of radio two to radio four type church.
1: So, yes, but so are you introvert or extrovert?
0: Well, mildly extrovert. I think I think we attract more extroverts. I think the Anglican Church. I mean, this is a huge generalization. Yeah. tends to attract more introverts yes you know yes. we do we, we we put a lot of focus on the show on a Sunday and hi I'm your host for the show yeah. <laughs> turn to your neighbor and just All give right them there. a warm smile
1: just where you are right now just
0: uh swap
1: clothes yeah
0: exactly so it's <laughs> so it's that kind of you know we are very comfortable in that zone. yeah <laughs>
1: I do think that's part of the problem, and you have to be sort of careful not to sort of put yourself into the, 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 those wrong places.
0: What about this idea that uh, Sarah, fully from Singapore but studying in London, by the way? Oh right, yeah, Sarah. I that. Uh, yeah, I mm. know she is. Um, Sarah's saying about you know how we read the Bible and do you know do we take account of the different personalities? Because uh, there certainly are strong personalities in the Bible. Yes, I'm, well, funnily enough. Oh, you're writing a book I, on it.
1: I've just been writing about this very thing. I think personality is massive in the Bible, and this is one oh. of the reasons why the idea that God wrote the Bible in that sense yeah. is ridiculous. Because if He did, He He's got real sort of multiple personality disorder because <laughs> He speaks <laughs> in all these sort of different ways, and it, the personality is part of the message. Obviously, I, I think part of the problem is that actually we don't get this often enough because um, translations always flatten personality out.
0: Oh, interesting. They're always done
1: by committees, and committees flatten any sense of individualism or personality out. So, I mean, if we take an example, Revelation is written in very, very bad Greek. Um, It's the Greek of uh, an immigrant. It's like as if you had a letter to the English church, for example, written by someone who's come from, say, Central European country to work here.
0: Okay. It would have it it
1: has those kinds of inflections and and grammatical errors but it's never translated. It's always sort of upgraded. Oh, okay. um, it's it's almost corrected. Um mm. Mark's gospel or something it often speaks in what's called the the historical present which is when uh, so it goes so um Jesus says to her this and she says to him this and then Jesus goes here and Jesus, it's that way of relating it. Mm. Um, John's gospel does the same. It's his wedding at Cana. So, um, so Jesus says to his mother, "What's that to me?" And his mother says, "Do whatever we, you know." It, it's very immediate. It's very okay. alive. Again, gets completely taken okay. out in the translation. And often, actually, a lot of the bad language gets taken out as well. I say often. I've found a few examples. So, oh, go on then. Do you want it? Yeah, okay. of course I do. Well, right. let's take a, let's you got talk, to talk about David. I yeah. say so, so the portrayal of David in uh samuel is pretty is one of a guerrilla warrior that's what he was really he might have been handy with the heart but he was he was actually a fighter yeah first sure. and foremost and uh, and so all those people use fairly rough language so there's a bit in uh one samuel where he goes to i love this bit as well he goes to the house of somebody called i think it's nadab um abigail is his wife and she uh and and he 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 wants to be reprovisioned, and this bloke says no no i'm not uh, I'm not doing it he He sends a message to his home he's not there at the time, he says, "No, I'm not giving him any provisions. His wife is much more canny and realizes that if she, if they don't provision David in his warrior band it, things yeah. aren't going to go badly yeah. for them you know you'll yeah, t- yeah. and 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 David says this thing he says he says to her, "Well, well done, basically he says, you know well done for for doing this. I'm glad you're doing this because if you hadn't." Uh, given us the stuff, then I swear I would not have left a single man alive. Hmm. But he doesn't use the word man.
0: Does
1: he? the The phrase he uses is he said, "I would not left alive anyone who pisses against a wall."
0: <laughs> is that <right>? He, yeah. <laughs> so that's a slang. That's a slang phrase, is it? Yeah, the king. That's For the actual
1: Hebrew phrase, and the <laughs> King James version has it beautifully: "He that pisseth against a wall."
0: I mean, does that is that in the King James?
1: Yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. The King James, I don't think, has a lot going for it as a translation, but it's the go-to translation if you want earthiness, okay. I tell you. Oh, um, wow. no now, good. the point is, they sort of take that out. So all the other translations translate it as men, which it does mean man, obviously, yeah. unless you're talking about a particularly yeah. athletic woman, I suppose. <laughs> or or maybe, I don't know, <laughs> no, one me. of those you see sometimes in, the, in city centres on a drunken Friday night. But, you know, it's... A, that's what it means it means anyone who can go standing up as it were so um but it does mean man but i think if you take that out you lose all the personality out of it yeah because he's a soldier he's not saying that and has a sense of gangster threat about it and and what (laughs) we tend to do with the bible is we tend to sort of turn it all into this bland sort of bureaucratic way of speaking so, of course, yeah. there's loads of personality. I mean, you can think of stuff as well in well, the way yeah. the prophets operate. You know, yeah, there's I mean, massive I, personality I mean,
0: there. I certainly think the prophets are, are like tortured artists that we have yes. today. I mean, often I think our artists in our churches are sort of pushed to the margins or, yeah. they, vol- or yeah. they end up there one way or another because they're yes. often people who see things and feel things that others don't always perceive. And so they can easily make themselves a bit unpopular. And they're often quite forthright with their language. And, you know, so I I definitely see that sort of personality in prophets. And, of course, just in the disciples. I mean, you know, I love Peter because I think he was a seven. You know, you you just (laughs) just relate to that sort of impetuous, you know, come on. Yeah, you're the Christ. Yeah, come on. And and it's like. Come on, everyone, out of the boat. You haven't thought, I'll <laughs> oh, never let you down. They yeah. might, I won't. You know, yeah. that's sort of, yeah, sort of slightly impetuous and everything. So I yeah. I like the personality there, but it's interesting to hear you talk about how personality is rooted out by translators. I think. I
1: think so. The personality of the writing, I mean, sometimes they can't do that because the very nature of the writing is full of it. So Ecclesiastes, you know, you can't take the personality out of that book because it's mm. absolutely... Full of that stuff but I, I i mean i think it's a good thing to recognize the personality of who's writing or the personality of the character being involved and try and think well what does that mean for us and how do we connect yeah with it.
0: and i think for, for the you know for the listeners out there who are who are feeling dissatisfied with their own spiritual journey for whatever senses or maybe they feel like they've just come up against a, a brick wall and they're not changing not growing you know the second half of life the the journey of faith is very much an inner journey you know, and I think the journey towards knowing God more and the journey towards knowing yourself really deeply are so intertwined at times. So, so it's a really good time to find out. And by all means, do, you know, do an introduction. I think Sarah says we are a bit sniffy about Myers-Briggs. I mean, I just think it's slightly limited, but I still think it's helpful. Mm. And, uh, and I find the Enneagram, you know, has far more texture uh, and far more variation in it because although there's the nine types, there's the wings and all the rest of it. So it's a bit more complex than Myers Briggs, uh, but it's helpful. And uh, the Richard Raw book you mentioned is a good way into it.
1: Yeah, I think so. And um, there are other other things available. I've I've done at work. I've done strengths finders. I, I quite enjoy them because they are really about my favourite subject. Uh, which, which is me yeah <laughs> if i was on mastermind that would be my specialist subject yeah um we should wrap this up really uh, but
0: should. uh what do you recommend Well one of the things i'd say is that there's a book called soul types um i'm not sure that it's um still available though but it's it, it really took the myers-briggs stuff and it suggested different exercises for the different personality types and why i think that's so helpful is as exactly as you were saying earlier nick that Actually, we all need permission to find our own way to pray, to worship, to connect. You you know, there isn't one way. And I think some of us who've been brought up in very rigid traditions tend to think this is what prayer is. This is what worship is. Worship is singing. And if you're really taking it seriously, you raise your hands as well to show God how serious you are about it and all those sort of things. Even if inside you were dying. Yes. Um, And the truth is, uh, there is so much more texture to the spiritual life. There are so many ways to connect with God and to pray and to do. And, you know, we owe it to ourselves. If Jesus really has come to bring us life in all its abundance, to find the ways that bring life and energy and connection to us. Mm -hmm. And they're so varied. And the Soul Types book is quite a quite a good way but I, again i'd recommend you, you know the Life streams book that Redovare, um produce as well because it has lists of spiritual exercises that suit different personality types yeah. so that's another great resource
1: great uh i suppose the thing i'd close by saying is understanding what you're like is really helpful but it's not an excuse necessarily you know sometimes you hear people who go well it's just what i'm like and you think could you perhaps occasionally be like somebody else? Maybe Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody like that. So I think for all of us, wherever we are, whatever personality we are, we are being called towards Christ likeness. Yeah. Don't see your personality type as a trap, and don't see it as an excuse. See yeah. it as a a, a, yeah. a glorious gift from from God. And also, you know, how can you be the most like you
0: and the most like Jesus is is yeah. the way forward. And I think when the church is, a, it's one of the ways it's at its most glorious, is when people of all different personalities yeah. can be together yeah. in unity. And when you think about it, a marriage often works like that anyway, because you know you tend do to, to couples. My observation is couples tend to marry people who are very unlike them, you know, so they bring balance. Yeah. You sort of instinctively know the excesses of your personality or the worst success. and you marry someone who really helps that. But of course, then those very things. Can be the things that annoy you about them. Yes, yes. And you know, as I think, as you make a, your own self discovery into this, you'll discover things about yourself that annoy Yes. You. So that's why that's it's okay. good
1: as well to be in, a, if you can be, to be in a group of different people, and yeah, sort of helps you all move forward.
0: Yes. Yeah, so so cut yourself some slack this week, and be kind and compassionate to yourself, and you may well then be able to um, offer that out to other people who are different to you.
1: Great. Thank you ever so much for that great question. Thank you, Sarah. Yep. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. uh, And I don't know what the topic's going to be.
0: Oh, it might be death. I hope it is. We'll leave you with that
1: as a final thought.
0: Cheers. Bye.